Welcome to part two of the Fullcaster Podcast, episode 49 with Greg Welch. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Since you kind of made that switch over to the, the team thing, and, and you driving is not the primary, before FDM is a thing, what, what's been the, the biggest thing you've learned over those years? And obviously you decided to open up FDM, we'll get to that in a second, but you're, you're doing the team thing. And it, how's the progression from that point to FTM go? Like what's, what's your trajectory? You're obviously not doing the shockwave thing now. So how did we go from hardcore shockwave family business yep. to, to today? So, or at least the start of FTM. Right. So, uh, you remember 2008 was like kind of a really good year know, for people. Global. Yeah. Financial <laughs> catastrophe. Indeed. Uh, it wasn't good for manufacturing. I believe it. And so, so, you know, during, you know, my parents had a really, really just kind of tough go for a couple of years there. And eventually they got to the point where if they wanted to retire, they just needed to close the shop, you know, sell, basically sell the assets, close the business and, yeah. and away they go. You know, no one really wanted to buy a go-kart company as right. it turned out, yeah. uh, during, you know, the recovery of 2008. Sure. And so they, they sold the manufacturing side of it and, uh, you know, my dad got a job for a couple of years, but eventually, you know, really that was their retirement plan. That was their mm. out. Gotcha. And so they look at me 20, 20, whatever years old. And they're like, yeah, have fun. Right. Which is all good. Like you're, you're plenty old enough at that point to do it. But I had still just always been a part of the family business mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of done carting as my thing. And so I think it was maybe 2010 ish, something like that. Uh, I did a year as a mechanic, just a private mechanic traveling yeah. around. And I think I did 45 or 46 races outside of the state of Colorado that year. Wow. Man, and pretty much all of them at that point. Yeah. It's too much. Like you yeah. get home on Monday and you take your stuff out of your suitcase, you wash it on Tuesday, you put the same stuff straight out of the dryer back into your suitcase and you leave on Wednesday. So like that's, that's it. That was life. And that was too much. Um, so I found a job in Colorado at an indoor go-kart track. Okay. Mm. Okay. And what year is that roughly? Um, 11 ish. Yeah. And that was the Unser joint, right? Yep. Yep. And it's, it's only Unser by, uh, by name. Mm -hmm. It's right. a licensing deal. It doesn't actually have anything to do with the, the Unser family. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Johnny Unser, uh, had a part in getting it started, but. Um, he pretty much was like a silent, After silent, that, silent yeah. deal in the thing. Yeah, Gotcha. So what'd you do at the indoor track? So the first year I stood behind the counter and took people's money mm. and uh, gave safety brief briefings and it was just horrible. <laughs> did, did, you act, did you leave off the application? I've done carding before. <laughs> so it's like it, the re they found me because, you know, they were like, going through the carting forms and whatever, and they were trying to find somebody within the state of Colorado that knew about go-karts to come and tell them if their indoor track was going to be any good or if there were flaws with the track design or oh, whatever. Like consultation. Kind and of so thing. they, they somehow found me. I don't, I don't know. I was kind of a punk at, at this point in my life. <laughs> um, and I went there and told them all the things that were wrong with the, the track. You know, they had the barriers full of road base. Right. So it was safe stop barriers full of road base. I'm like, yeah, that's going to break all your go karts. Um, told them all the stuff that they did wrong and tried to leave. And they're like, hey, do you want to work here? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I really don't want to be on the road all the time. 
Right. I yeah. gotcha. So um, before you end up getting a job there, they basically got you in here as a consultant, and you were like, even yeah. being behind the counter is better than having to travel 365. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, you know, that was kind of the only opening that they had or that they claimed okay. they had yeah. Was, yeah. was that role. And after probably six months, the, the road base was still in the barriers. And so all the go-karts were breaking because they were hitting solid walls instead of walls that move. Yeah. Right? Like you guys have PVC that goes through the barrier yeah. into the track so that if you hit it hard enough, the wall moves. Sure. Right? right. Yeah. Um, and the guy that ran the, the mechanic shop, his name was Anthony. I just remember him yelling at one of the, I can't remember if it was one of the managers, the owner or whatever one day. He's like, the best mechanic in this building is standing there behind the counter. Like, I need him. Let me get that guy as a mechanic. Okay, cool. So I went and worked on rental carts. Mm. What kind of carts did you guys have? Our original fleet was a set of Stratos carts. Yes, they oh, were. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they really do not like solid things when no. you hit them. Oh, man. We had those at uh, Apex. Mm. Yeah. Our walls moved. Yeah. But they still took a beating. Yeah. As soon as they hit something, they're basically... Yeah. yeah. Well, we we figured out, Anthony and I figured out that the the guys upstairs weren't going to going to change the barrier design unless we made it so the go-karts could fight back and so we made it so that when the go-karts would hit the wall correctly they would just blow the barrier apart and so that would put a bunch of dirt on the racetrack they'd have to shut the track down and clean all the dirt up yeah and if, you do that so start drilling a hole in the barrier bro <laughs> <laughs> so the uh the barriers were bent in the go-karts right right uh and so what we were doing was we were taking the go-karts flipping them upside down uh, bolting them to a set of jack stands that we'd put on the ground, using the crane that we mounted on the ceiling and bending the go-kart back to straight. Sure. Then we would weld a one-eighth inch thick steel plate to the bottom of it where the floor pan goes to hold the chassis straight. Holy crap. And in the front, they have those, you know, like rubber dampeners. They're two-sided that you screw a bolt in on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Well, we would drill them out and put a through bolt in there so that then when you'd hit the go-kart into a barrier the bolt would stay, the rubber would compress, and it basically would have this bolt sticking out the front side of the go-kart that would just, like, Freddy Krueger the barriers on oh the side of the racetrack. And that was our way of making the carts fight back, and eventually all the sand was out of the barriers, and, you know. Slowly but surely. Yeah. <laughs> so One barrier at a time. Do they then go, Greg Welch, what do you know about track design? <laughs> Let's come to our attention that you've sabotaged our barriers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's your job to fix them. Yeah. And it's it's funny because the 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 guy I was working with, his name again, Anthony, uh, that like literally was his approach. Like he was the guy in charge and he was just like, I'm gonna make these carts fight back. It's like we're gonna make them so that they just go up there and mess up that racetrack until they fix the racetrack. Wow. Like that was like his just Man. That was his goal. Yeah. Behind it. Man. Sabotage. Um, that's the best way to go. That's frustrating though. So you're, you you said you'd done you know the rental car mechanic and then the front front desk and then eventually Centennial. But what, uh, did you do anything else when you were at uh, Unzer at that time? Yeah, so it was probably my my second year there, maybe my third year there. Um, I wrote a business plan, presented it to the owner to start a actual race shop, um, and so he approved it and and uh, we started. It was called the. Uh, Unser Karting, I mean, really, it was, what do we call it? It was the performance division mm. of Unser Karting and events. 
Um, and it was just a, you know, go-kart shop. Yeah. What was the, the, the benefit to them? What were their thought processes? Were they, were they big time karting fans or race fans that were looking to turn? Did you guys have leagues there that you were trying to put people into faster stuff? Sounds like you're just moving people away from cutting laps, the indoor (laughs) track. So, you know, there at, at that time with my, with my parents' cart shop going away, uh, there was one other shop in town that had, uh, recently that like the owner had moved and retired and so that shop had closed there was still plenty of racing in the state but there wasn't a a big like support mechanism for it um and so i just convinced him that we could make money doing it Uh uh-huh you know and he was all you had the pedigree or the the knowledge behind it right right and so and you know i'm still going to the track and coaching people and like i still own go-karts i still go drive go-karts uh we yes we were doing leagues but to be honest, we never really did a whole lot of cross promotion between the indoor track and the outdoor track mm. or not the outdoor track, but the, the pro division, the, the pro it, division yeah. call it. Um, that was primarily just, you know, the owner was all about anything that he felt could make decent money. And, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, we started a shop. I ran the shop out of the indoor track for five years. Oh God. Oh, wow. So, so you, in, are you pretty much have nothing to do with the indoor track at that point? You are running this piece and this piece only. So I definitely still was a part of the indoor track. Um, you know, I'd still help in the mechanics shop. I'd still, you know, help upstairs or help kind of wherever needed. But it was more at, I don't even necessarily want to say management level, but it was more of like a like a creative level, right? Like I was that person where it's like, hey, we have this problem, you know, and I kind of help work through some of the, some of the problem solving right. and um, I'm all, you know, I'm also pretty mechanically inclined. So when things really hit the fan and it was time to go fix some rental carts, like we, we're going to fix right. rental carts today. Right, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of jack of all trades, if you will, for the, yeah. for the place. Yeah. So when you're at the, you're, you're running the, the, the shop there and you said you did it for about five years. Yep. How did it just, it stayed as a brick mortar shop and did it ever expand into any kind of team stuff? Or you said you're already doing coaching. Did the, the coaching you do on the side become pro division, essentially doing the coaching? Yep. Yep. So we went full blown race team. Okay. Uh, we primarily kind of like I do now with, with my business, we focused, you know, primarily on the local market so that you can have a brick and mortar shop that's sustainable year round. Right. And the shop up there at the indoor place was cool because we had a quite a good size showroom. Um, and so, you know, it was a place people come and look at go-karts and, yeah. you know, parts are in stock and ready to go, but we were racing, Challenge of the Americas and Scoots Pro Tour and, you know. And what was this called? Uh, Podium Pro Team. Podium Pro Team. Yeah. Dig it. And this is you. You're the guy. This is, you're the, you're the. 100%. The team manager, the whole, this is FDM before there was FDM. <laughs> yeah, you're, right. Your first shot at it. Yeah, because the, the guys at the indoor track, they didn't come from karting. They didn't come from racing. So the guy that started it went to Chicago Indoor Karting. and thought that it was super fun and thought that it was a good way to, you know, make money. That's exactly how Apex started, where I I worked for a year in uh, in Washington. Same thing, family, uh, two families. Yep. Oh, we should do this. Perfect. That's how you can burn up your retirement right there, boy. (laughs) So they did that. You were basically the carding knowledge base at that joint, and now you're doing the team aspect, which I have to think is way more up your alley than being at the indoor track, there's pluses there, but this is more of your wheelhouse. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, 
you know, I enjoyed the 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 business side of working at the indoor track, and I liked you know learning about you know the financial stuff and you know kind of the way that they did, would do the management structure, employee management, like all of that stuff was really good stuff to learn. Um, and I enjoyed doing it, but as far as like the rental cart customer that comes to the indoor track, they just weren't my sure. cup of tea. Sure. You know, it was a lot of people that, you know, when someone laughs, when they put your go-kart into the wall, like I don't, uh, yeah. I don't enjoy that. Right. Yep. Like, you know, I think there's a difference with, with some of the outdoor tracks, like, you know, your guys' sport carting stuff, right. Those are realistically going to be passionate people, people that like racing, people mm-hmm. that, enjoy doing it and you're giving them their entry point option and so if it it's actually kind of cool yeah. right yeah whereas the you know we'd get you know some questionable questionable guys it's that come people just driving by and track. like oh let's go to the go-kart track yeah, yeah. yeah. it's if they for, go smash your stuff they laugh yeah. about it and you're like dude i yeah. have to go fix it not right? only that like and to add to that to your point about this place and derek can absolutely attest to this it's like are super serious people or what have you that they run the series and the people come out on Sunday. Right. Yeah. We didn't, thankfully there are some people come out on Sunday that are the passionate people. They want to get into it, etc. But that's when we have the bulk of our just BS rentals, if you will. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the, the ones that laugh when they crash or whatever and think, yeah, well we not only have to fix it, it needs to get competitive for right. the race. So yeah. there's right. nothing funny about this. And it costs us money and it costs us time. And, and... it's just frustrating. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> God dang it. So that aspect of the of the indoor stuff, I just was not, you know, that definitely wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, when it came, you know, when I had the opportunity to go and run a, a cart shop and a race team, 100%. Let's so, go. So how did the Centennial thing come out? So it gets built, you said, what, 20, uh, 2007, yeah. right? And, and you're doing this at Unzer at that time. Well, is, it, is Centennial built by this? I, who, who, who does that whole thing? I, yep. I don't know the, the background. Yep. So Centennial... Uh, it was built 2007, 2008, 2006. I don't exactly remember. We were still doing Shockwave when it was built. Oh, mm. wow. Okay. Yep. And so, I mean, that was definitely a big change for Denver um, because it's a phenomenal track and the location was even better. Like thinking about racetracks that exist around the country right now, there's not all that many that are in a better location than Centennial. Oh, really? It is right in the middle of the city in like a super nice part of town. Really? It's 10 minutes to, you know, any hotel, any restaurant. And it's, and like I say, it's like a nice area too, right? Not, you know, making fun of your guys' trash dump over there or anything, but. (laughs) Hey, we don't own that. (laughs) Yeah. Not yet. (laughs) Expansion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It remains a trash dump though. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a great track. And, and like I say, I think it did a lot to kind of transform carding in the state. Gotcha. Well, when you can put it in a populated area like that, I mean, the more eyes, the better, it's right? It's a street, a street course idea without having to be a street course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To get well it in front of the people. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you're doing shockwave, et cetera. I didn't know it happened that far back. I guess try to remember the years, but you're at Unzer. Centennial has been around for a bit of time. Yeah, yeah, I would say five-ish. Okay, and it's the same people. Yep. Unser, Indoor Track, Centennial. So the original Centennial was a different different owner. Okay. So a guy named Jim Kiesling built the track. Uh, it's airport property. Ah. So it was a long-term lease. 
Um, and he was there for 10 total years. Oh, wow. Um, the It looked like Keesling was going to get out of it. So we kind of, you know, through the Unser group, looked and saw that we had an opportunity to potentially acquire a, a track that's gotcha. pre-existing, that's in, you know, good condition, great Still location. Still a few years left on the lease. Yep, yep. Um, and we ended up, it got a little messy on the way through in the ac- acquisition process, but we did end up getting a, a lease deal done uh, with the airport and opened up the track. And yeah, I mean, so it, like I say, it was, it was great for us because the track had already existed, you know, it had right. already been there for 10 years. And so it had a history and, and this and that, and it was known as being kind of the, the best track in the, in it like the Denver area for sure. Roughly what year is that, that you're, you guys are, you're, or I should say maybe you are making that transition from yeah. the, from the shop, <clears throat> et cetera, into Centennial. So we opened the track in 2016. 16. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Hence your 10 year ish program for the, when it opened. So right about that same deal. Yeah. So was it, was the plan like, Welts is going to be the GM. Like we're just going to we're going to take this pro shop program and move it over there. Was it how the how the whole transition go? So it was pretty, call it understood from the start that I was going to go be the GM out there because mm-hmm. um, I worked really close with with my direct boss and then the owner to actually like spearhead this deal. Right, like I had heard that the track would potentially be becoming available, and so you know put the boots to the ground and went and figured out, okay, what's it going to take to, to get this thing? Right. You know? And so that was another deal that for me professionally, it was super, super valuable, right? Had to go and, and learn how to deal with the airport and all this stuff. And, right. you know, I helped negotiate the lease, helped put together all the proposals for the track. Um, and the owner had just kind of told me, he's like, yeah, you know, this is your deal. Like, you better be ready for it. And I'm yeah. like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know, let's go. Let's go do a track. Yeah. Sign the dotted line, baby. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and so I would say that time era was when I was realistically going to go and do my own cart shop. Okay. So, you know, we'd run the shop for four or five years at the indoor track. And I'm kind of sitting there going, I think it's time to do my own thing, mm-hmm. right? But then the option comes up to potentially get this racetrack. And I'm like, well, you might only get one chance yeah. to have your own racetrack, yeah. right. right? To be able to run a racetrack, to, to work go. it. Like, you might only get one of those shots. And I can have plenty of shots to start my own company, right? I can quit when whatever I want. Whatever sure. I'm doing, I can quit whenever I want and go start <laughs> my own thing. And so, like I say, I was pretty much at that point where – where something was going to happen from my own shop, but this opportunity came up with the track and I had to take it. I had yeah. to go try it. Yeah, for sure. So you you guys get the Centennial up and running. We're going to make this thing happen. And Greg Welch is the, the GM. Did you did the, the shop move over with you guys, the, the pro shop, the podium pro team, the, the whole thing? Yep. And it took a huge backseat to, oh, the, really? to the rest of the track. Oh, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Because the goal was to build a profitable business, which largely has to do with um, rental carts. Yeah, yeah, right. Especially the the Unser Group is very focused on corporate events, private mm-hmm. events, parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they actually have a sales team, 
and planners and like this whole department that focuses exclusively on right. corporate events. What's the proximity uh, under to, to Centennial? Because to my, my thought, I would think it, with its location, it may actually rob business from the indoor track. Probably 45 minutes. Okay. But it's, it's in far, the city? Far enough away, though. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's, I close. Th- that's tough. Well, but, you know, the geographically, indoor track is about 10, 15 minutes north of downtown. And then the outdoor track's about half an hour south of downtown. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so, I mean, now granted, our traffic probably isn't LA traffic, but, you know, if you got something that's north of LA versus south of LA proper, yeah, they're, you're, they're you're different pick, markets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you there. Good point. Yeah. Um, so, so when you're there, I mean, you're doing your own. Is the Unz, you just talked about the uh, the Unzer group having a, a group of people? They do the, Are they the same ones doing the selling for Centennial as well? Or are you doing that in house? Yep. So the the indoor track would sell the events, uh, plan the events, right? Like we would we would us at the track would definitely be involved with the the planning process and this and that. But sure. I mean, from a sales standpoint, if someone called in and asked for events, we'd transfer them. Yeah, and. So, but so, so Centennial hands. had the ability to utilize the assets over hundred percent. Yeah, so you were able to. Okay, we're going to work on ops. We're going to make sure we've got a track that works. Yep. Were you also trying to attract a local kart racing series, etc. Yep. As well. Yep. And so you know we were trying to come up with. I'm sure what you guys have found to be probably the biggest challenge is that delicate balance between your your racers and mm-hmm. your rental kart guys. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't make them all happy. And, right, one's a long-term customer, one's a short-term customer, the customer spend is different, like, mm-hmm. and it's just tough to figure out one's that balance. to hold on to both. And you know. volume, <laughs> volume is, is what drives it. Yep. And so, you know, we were, we were doing test and tune, we were doing race events, um, you know, we were selling season passes to go-kart racers, we were doing storage of trailers. Um, Did you guys start your own club? We did not. Uh, and then we were doing the, the rental cart stuff, gotcha. right? And the rental cart program, like we had a couple different tiers of go-kart. Okay. So you could, you know, run the standard cart. And then we actually, we were using BizCart out of the UK. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we had the the standard cart, which had a 390 on it. And then we had a twin engine, six and a half. It was twin six and a half horse Hondas. Let's go. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. It ran a very similar lap time to a 206. Okay. Wow. You know what's interesting uh, about that too is the the six uh, the with the two seventies yeah or two we used no two six and a halfs two six and a half so that'd be the one sixty yeah you know what's interesting about that two six and a halfs versus a three ninety three ninety is a, is supposed to be a thirteen horsepower this is the same for those who playing the at home game two six and a half <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> How are they two different levels? Yeah. I don't they understand. They were drastically Greg. different. Yeah, were there? <laughs> I would imagine that the twin would just handle better. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's just cool. It's got two motors on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. It's got twin two exhaust. motors. Yeah. yeah. How do you not want to drive that? <laughs> You're going slower. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And we were doing league races and, you know, like I say, corporate events and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Um, and plenty of, you know, employees and, and all that. Sure. Yeah. And you're, you're ahead of the whole deal. You've, yep. you've literally worked a, <laughs> you worked the ladder when it comes to where you started behind the desk to all the way through to GM. It, you're at Centennial doing the GM thing in the back of your head. You had that opportunity. I might start my own deal. This comes around. 
Um, why? Uh, what was the deal for the transition to to leave uh, Centennial? Yeah, eventually it just it just kind of became time. Yeah, right. And I got to that point where I I was just kind of over the rental cart stuff. Didn't necessarily want to do the rental cart stuff. Um, and keep in mind, right? My parents ran their own company from like w- when I was born. They started their own manufacturing company. So as a kid, it was the entrepreneurial spirits there. Yeah, it was there. It was always kind of ingrained in me. It was right. always something I wanted to do. And so after a couple years at the track, it just it definitely just became time to where it's like, okay, let's go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go run my own shop. I want to focus on the racing stuff. That's what we that's what we enjoy is mm-hmm. the racing. Yeah, so absolutely. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, the money might be in say rentals or corporates or et cetera, but we all, <laughs> we all, even with the the super series and the racing, we all are fans, right? Of yeah. the wheel to wheel. At the end of the day, right? We have a good damn time watching people get after it, being a part of it, you know, whatever. So you end up. So what year is this? And is this the the, the start of FDM? And was it straight into brick and mortar? Yeah. So I started FDM uh, January first, twenty nineteen. Uh, I left Unser uh, in early December of 18. Um, <clears throat> took a few weeks off, largely because I know that I didn't really know what I was doing and I didn't want to do taxes <laughs> for like three weeks of revenue. There right? you go. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of got my stuff together, signed a lease on a building, um, and I started in like a 850 square foot, basically a storage unit. Gotcha. Um, but it had a heater. Oh. Which in Colorado is mandatory, by the way. <laughs> as much as AC is over here. <laughs> yeah, you don't exactly. have a heater. That shit's frozen. Yes. Um, and I I ran out of that shop for a full year. Gotcha. So it was 100% brick and mortar out of the gate. Now, were yep. you thinking literally the brick and mortar and race team program, that was the, the framework or the business plan out of the gate? The the brick and mortar has always been the focus with me. Okay. Um. In Colorado, I feel like first off, you have to have something that's sustainable year round. Um, and that the, makes sense. Yeah. And the shop to me is sustainable. Plus, you remember I'd done that one year as a mechanic, mm-hmm. and I was on the road all the time, mm-hmm. and that wasn't for you. me, right? Yeah. So, as much as I respect, you know, guys like Rollison or Perry or or you know these guys are on the road all the time, like I get it. I think it's a good business plan. I think it makes perfect sense, but like for it's not for it's me. It's not yeah. your cup of tea. I just, yeah. you know, I got a wife, I'm married, right? I got my little dogs at home. Like, you know, I got <laughs> my life, my personal life, and I want to yeah. enjoy that too. You, you'd yeah. like it to be predominantly a nine to five with a sprinkle <laughs> of the the traveling. Yeah, and by that, it's like 24-7, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah. least it's 24-7 from your own bed. Exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, that's a good exactly way to put that, it. Yeah. So you end up starting it basically in a storage unit in, yeah. at the beginning of 19. Just you? Yeah. And who are the customers? You know, that was the lucky thing is that I had some customers that never left. Okay. They were with me at Shockwave. They were with me at Unser. Oh, wow. And they just came right over. Oh. Like I've got um, uh, this one family. They're they're my oldest customers, the the Fedler family. Mm-hmm. Max yeah. Fedler, Everest Fedler. Yeah. I was there the, when Everest drove a go-kart when he was, the first day he drove one, he was like six years old or something. I mean, he's like 19. He's in college. Didn't that just get you right <laughs> yeah. in the feels, everybody? You're getting old, bro. You're getting it's old. crazy. <laughs> And that, but that was through, you know, three different, call it three different companies. Mm-hmm. And we still have like an existing customer base. Right. Yeah. Just within the state, 
I, I never left. So right? you 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 fire up this thing and you you jump on the phone. Hey, or maybe they already knew you were going to do it. But hey, Fedlers, we got it's a new game in town. Yeah, pretty much just uh, you know my close guys, the guys that, that were racing with a lot. You know, they kind of knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else, it's like I just show back up to the track with like a different sticker kit or mm-hmm. a different go kart type or whatever it is. Because you've been around the kart tracks here almost nonstop, right? And uh, yeah, pretty much nonstop. I've yeah. been involved with racing and or or racing myself or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I did a full season in eighteen. Oh wow! What did, was it you did? The full season, hundred cc. Okay. Race supernats and everything. Nobody ever no. Nobody ever saw that. <laughs> nobody knew that was happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I raced the whole club season, won the won the club championship, and then went to Supernats in 18. There it and... is. Nope, he won the club championship. <laughs> that is what everybody thinks you are. You, you are the, the club champ. The club champ that guy. 100cc. That no guy. wonder they only think you do 100cc stuff, <laughs> single speed stuff, grab. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, FDM starts, you you have some, uh, some loyal base. Yep. And it's out of a... a, a Storage unit, as you say, it's very, very small deal. Glorified storage unit. It's glorified. So oh. it was not just a literal. <laughs> Definitely heated, right? But again, that's yeah. important. There's the that's the glory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you went to seek glory after that by running uh, through there. Now we're talking about beginning of 2019. Young team, young program, yeah. I should say. With this whole, you have tons of of experience that on this show, obviously, we've expanded upon. But since you've started FDM, what was your hope or what were you trying? Are you trying to basically do what you and your family did prior, which is focus on Colorado and eventually or occasionally do other stuff during the summer? Obviously, the winter series stuff is a, is a deal. Right. Or do you have other big picture plans? Is pro tour stuff a thing? Is a bigger traveling program? A thing, even with wanting to, you know, be back home on a regular. So we, like, I definitely view the race team as a service that FDM offers, not okay. as like a defining uh-huh. thing. This is about what we are, us, yeah. Right. Going back to you saying brick and mortar was the primary. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think our shop is important. Um, I mean, we have an online store. Um, we are actually shipping quite a few boxes a week now, which is nice. Um, and you know, I've got a couple of employees that are, they're full-time in the shop right now. So the shop is still the focus. The race team is, you know, a, a tool that we use to promote Support. the shop yeah. and, and et cetera. But it's, it's also its own thing, you know? Yeah. And in 19, the first year, my goal was to get the name out mm-hmm. and just, tell people like this is fdm this is you know four direction motorsports remember me this is who i am i'm still here right yeah and so we we hit it pretty hard on the national tour i did a lot of races that probably didn't actually make sense for me but you know looking back on it i mean we we you know we we saw some success out of the gate i mean the first first race of 2019 correct me if i'm wrong but cal speed was first on the schedule for challenge Uh, i believe so January. It rained. We might have been first on the schedule in January. Or I want to say it was February. But because I think we had Tracy that but we small started break, off the year. And then um Pro Tour right after that. It I, probably it did rain yeah. though. It absolutely rained because I remember actually yep. it's weird how stuff happens, but 
there was a really cool moment where it had rained and the sun came out and then all the steam started coming off the track. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was definitely 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what? I think you guys were actually Irrelevant second about on the, the schedule. Yeah, we usually I think we did are. Tucson first. Yeah, that it's year. usually mm-hmm. a Phoenix swing, then us, then Sonoma. Yeah, but it's in I think it was February. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we won here in the rain. So like February rolled around, hundred CC senior, and we won that's, and both that's races when here. I met you. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so like we came out of the gate, you know, swinging. Who were who you, you driving? Who uh, driving for the team? So that weekend, uh, Jackson Dunn won one of the races, and Adam Kasich won one of the races. That's right. That's right, Kasich. Yeah, man, those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> Kasich, I miss you know. Kasich hasn't done a whole lot of racing recently, but. He was that awesome guy that you could just call and he'd go get on the podium. I love it. Hey, yeah. man, can you, can you just like, you want to race Supernats? Yeah, sure. I'll come race Supernats. This is, you know, Monday or Tuesday before the race. Yeah, I'll race. All right, cool. Then you'll just go get on the podium with him. It's like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's a blast. He's a good he's a good. Dude. And you're like, what are the rest of your guys' problems right now? <laughs> Been under the tent all year. <laughs> what, what are we doing? <laughs> I love it. I love this it. guy got off the couch. <laughs> Bad equipment, I guess. Oh, yeah. no, I right. can't beat it. So you, right out of the gate, things start off pretty hot. Uh, and again, the challenge program is is one of the things. You said the first year you went and did some other national stuff that maybe stretched you a bit. But obviously you showed out of the gate that FDM's got you know things figured out as far as it's a strong program. What was the rest of the year like year one? Yeah, like I say, 19 was just a lot. I tried to go to as many races as possible. I still... You know, I would never miss a club race. And so we had in the club, I mean, like the, the Colorado karting tour stuff mm-hmm. that we have at home. I'd never miss one of those. And so if, if you know, we were trying to run this, I think 19, the Scusa Pro Tour, we had to miss one Pro Tour race for a CKT event. Gotcha. Um, and so we didn't run quite the whole series, but we ran uh, as much of the Pro Tour as we could. We ran Challenge. Uh, we did all the uh, Rotax stuff. Like they had a Rotax event at Pittsburgh that year. Mm. Um, call it us nationals. Uh, but one of the stars and stripes events that, uh, J three does, we went and did that. Um, we went to Charlotte the next year for the Rotax event. I mean, we just, like I was at Scusa winter tour in 19. Um, so we went everywhere, right? Everywhere that we could. And again, to your point, trying to get the name out there. Yep. We, if we just blow past 2020, and the the challenge that that was, twenty twenty one, it a normal year, if you will, for for racing. The schedule is fairly set. There's not a lot of you know shenanigans with any that kind of stuff where things are going to go. You've got uh, two years under your belt, but one with an asterisk on it. Going into twenty twenty one, how did twenty a? I, I will just put a point on twenty twenty. Was it a decent year for you? Were you able to come out of that decent? And be able to attack 2021 maybe normally? Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, 2020 was was great for us. Oh, really? It was good. Um, that was when kind of that that thought process and that plan to have a shop, I think, really paid off. Okay. Because we we got really slow. We had absolutely no work for like three weeks. Um, but that was it. Wow. And so for you some, know, it was like three months plus. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So a couple, three weeks roll around and I, then I start getting customers that, you know, they call me and they say, Hey, I, I assume that you're not that busy. Can I bring my cart down to you? You're still working. Yeah. I'm still working. I'm still here. 
you know, and I'm still by myself at this point, like okay. all 20, no employees or anything. You know, I, I had a couple people that would help me on a fairly regular basis, but, um, you know, not actual employees or anything like that. And right. I largely, especially for the shop was by myself. Gotcha. I primarily just had help on the races race weekends. Yeah. But they'd say, Hey, you know, I, can I get my engine refreshed? Can you go through my, my Rotax engine or, you know, I need new, I feel like I need new bearings. I'm just going to bring the cart down and have you put bearings in it. Right. And so I feel like this is people trying to get out of the house, trying yeah, to like go do sure. something carting. Yeah. Honestly, it yeah. was. Yeah. And so we ended up getting busy and, and we started doing a ton of service work and we did our first race of 2020 in early May mm. in Grand Junction and had a regular local season after that. Like we canceled the first round and I think they even rescheduled it at the end of the year. Cause yeah, you said earlier that you guys are kind of a, you know, April to September program. Yeah. So you guys got on the backside of, of April and rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. And the, our local season was relatively normal. Um, Colorado is definitely a little more loose on the, on the shutdown guidelines and yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. And we definitely had a couple track owners that were just like, they Let's were, go. they were just, they were going to go full Western on it regardless. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, grateful for that, but we, we had a, a good 2020, we capped it off with, um, uh, rock, you know, we tried to do super, yeah, super nats that year. Thing, that yeah. one got canceled. So, so we capped it off with rock Vegas at the end of the year, uh, got on the podium that year with Martin Pierce, got second at that deal, Nice, which was cool. Um, and through, through 21, just like kept it going. I mean, now in fairness, 2020 was my second year of business, mm -hmm. but we saw significant growth versus 19. Sure. Right. Sure. And so 21 just kept it rolling and, and 21 was a great year for us as well. And are you pretty much following the same schedule? You do pretty challenge much. in the beginning, local stuff primarily, anything after that is eh, and then try to hit the Vegas races? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh you know, I'll go do the, the Scusa when it's close. I'll do the, you know, uh, we're, we're big supporters of the Rotax program. So we'll do the Rotax West stuff every year. We'll do U.S. Nationals every year. Um, and that's been a thing since, you know, early 2000s with Shockwave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this year, like, you know, we did the Amarillo race because it's close. And mm -hmm. so we'll kind of do some stuff that's close to home during the summer. Spice and Spice things up a little bit on the regular yep. schedule. And then we do the big ones at the end of the year and challenge again. Man. So this, the schedule's really been the same for seven, eight, you know, b since before FDM. Right. The schedule's still been the same. It's the yeah. same idea. Right. It, is that you sticking to, to, to what's comfortable, what's, what's not, or just what works? I think a lot of it too, yes, right? But I think a lot of it too is still that, that work-life balance, mm -hmm. you know? Like I have no doubt that we could build a, a, a stronger, more successful national program, but it's not something that I personally want for myself, mm -hmm. you know, like I'd rather enjoy the time at home, you know, and like I say, especially if we can build a shop, if we can develop the online store further and, and stuff like that, and we can bring have another revenue that way, sustainable business at home, mm -hmm. I'd rather stay there. Right. Well, and as you look at 2022 here, we're, we're nearing the end, right? You just, uh, yeah, I think it, the regular season is about done. And then you've got Rock Vegas, you got Super Nats. Do you have a pretty good lineup here coming up forward? You, are, are you going to be pretty busy at, uh, at Vegas? I, it sounds like I might be hanging out with you guys once again with Jim Barry at Definitely Rock possible. Vegas. 
I'm uh, I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> got a chance to do it with you guys last year. It's, it's again. I, I said it earlier. It's a blast. And we got on the box too. Not too shabby. Got P3. <laughs> hoping to get a, little, a couple more steps up. Maybe join. Uh, is Cassic coming around? We're gonna play with Cassic in Vegas. He hasn't called him yet. We'll, we'll find out a couple Kassik, days. Cassic, do you hear us? Yeah. yeah. We'll find out a couple days before the race yeah, right. is coming or not. Actually, oh, I want to say he said something like that last year. Like, it was literally the week of or like the week before. Greg, I'm racing. Like, okay, get my so, stuff together. <laughs> so the 2020 Rock Vegas, the, the you know, the one, the only Vegas race of the year. Yeah. Right? We all prepare, build engines, go to the track, test, et cetera. Then we go to the race, set up our tents, takes a couple days. Wednesday practice, do the whole practice day. Adam calls me Wednesday night. Greg, I think I got the race. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, today was practice. Yeah, but like, I just want to race. Do you have a go-kart? Sure, I have a go-kart. We got some, you do know. You, do you uh, know and... and- you know, and Adam, do you bring a cart to these big races? You're like, this <laughs> yeah, might be it his. It's actually his. It's prepped and ready yeah. to go, just in case. For this one, I did not. But to answer that, I have before. Okay, yes. <laughs> and it's been right. needed because That's he does funny. this. And uh, yeah, so he flew out. He rented the last engine that Jesus had, which, you know, ran well, right? But you know that it wasn't. His, be- his best was one wasn't one for saved reason. for last. You don't right? yeah. think he left his best one for I, last? I feel like he didn't. Huh. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we do the one or two, pra- I think the one practice session Thursday, maybe two, going to qualifying, this and that. And he has a second place end of the weekend, right? Imagine if he showed up for practice. I, <laughs> he probably would have done worse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like how 2021 went. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Kudos to that guy. Oh man, being able to jump in there like that a whole day late at the you know, one of the biggest races in the country. Yeah. Well, and to be fair too, to, just to you know hype up on Cassick a little bit. I mean, he <laughs> pretty close to Derek Wang and and those guys yes. in uh, in challenges in twenty twenty one. I mean, I wasn't paying attention this year, unfortunately, but he was right in. He there. was taking the fight to them yeah. for sure. So yeah. I mean, I think he got. Did he win? Win one or came close? Won one. Yeah, right here. Actually, uh, I mean, Wang went out, but. Uh, <laughs> you gotta finish but, to win. no Derek Derek's is tough and Cassock's right there with him he's he's a wheel man mm-hmm. he can get it done even with no practice apparently you know it, it's funny that you said like oh you would have been worse with practice we've definitely had times where we're way worse with practice <laughs> man we've also had times where it's like oh dude we need to actually drive more than never before going yeah, to that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just and, don't know what you're gonna get until he hits the uh, track though man. Maybe he'll just uh, he'll turn it up and be like I gotta go racing. We gotta make things happen. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, if, uh, to to get back to it, uh, for us for the rest of the year, we've got our club race first week of September. We're gonna go to Boise, Idaho, and do the Spud oh, Cup. The Spud Cup. Oh, cool. Are you gonna <laughs> return to the four stroke routes and get in the wheel behind the wheel, brother? I am racing. Let's go. Oh, nice. Let's go. Sweet. I love and it. Masters? I, no, senior. Both? Senior. Both? Just senior. Oh, my oh, God. This guy both. over here. Um, yeah. Next thing you're going to say, he's going to should do three classes. Let's relax. And well, then, that's where you get the cramps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also taking both of my employees. So I've got uh, Cesar Torres, who's been with me for just over a year. Um, as a full-time guy, he's in the shop every day. He's at every race. Like He's like... He's he's always there. He's helped FDM grow uh, tremendously, 
And then we've got Alex Carabinoides, who started earlier in the year as our full-time driver coach, and he just went full-time in the shop a couple months ago. Got it. Both of those guys come with Spud Cup, and I cover the entry. I'm oh, bringing cool, go-karts. Dude. Let's go. Um, and so we're all going to go race, and then we're also going to take a few of our customers up there as well. Very Sweet, cool. dude. Very um, cool. But my in-laws live there. Oh, right on. They're 10 minutes from the track. So my wife's coming with us, and this we're going like, to have a cool dude, weekend. Yeah. This sounds like uh, my, <laughs> That's my awesome. Pat's weekend, but you get to do it the whole the, the fam and the, the shop fam all at the same time. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. Um. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. That's like our – I mean, you guys get it. You work in it. This is our chance to go be go-kart race. Yeah, for sure, yeah. For sure. Go enjoy yourselves. Yeah. Just, just make sure somebody writes down all the parts. Yeah, just make sure everybody knows what the hell's going on. With you the guys park, are all right? racing. Exactly. Like, wait, who's been doing? Yeah, who's been doing inventory? Like, I, don't know. I, I guess Greg's got the tires. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's awesome. So you got a pretty cool lineup going for. Obviously, you got the Vegas races. I hope to yep. see you over there as well. Uh, we'll see about Supernats on this end. But before we let you go here, uh, and I know you got a flight to catch here pretty quick. What's the the, the long term? Is what you're doing right now what you want to keep rolling with, or how do you grow the business without doing that big national program? Yeah, um, I think that there's plenty more market share at home, um, and that carding can be bigger, you know, in the state of Colorado. And so I think for us, we continue working on our shop. We continue like expanding the capabilities of our shop, right? Uh, getting to do more engine work and more fabrication work and more of whatever it may be, but just kind of continue expanding our capabilities as a shop um, and and continue focusing on that local market. I think we can we can grow tremendously from where we have. Uh, I think the online store, another huge one that we're not, you know, like we're not even close to like a Comet or a Acceleration or any right. of those guys yet, right? And I think that there's opportunity for that as well. For sure. Um, so I, I think I think we got a long way left to go just doing what we're doing and not making any drastic changes, you know? Yeah. You're on the right heading. Yeah. Hopefully. Seems yeah. to be heading, that, uh, again, to, the, we'll to the right direction. Uh, we'll see. Forward direction, if you will. <laughs> um, because you're going to go do that 206 race, do you think maybe a 12-hour is in your future, Ooh, too? Oh, I like this. A little machismo 12-hour. There's going to be some HRT. Year. There's going to be some Nash, some Race Factory, maybe some FDM. Oh, I love it. Maybe. I love oh, come it. Come on, Let's man. Let's go. I actually was just talking to Tony Severson, who runs the uh, Colorado Karting Tour. Um, he's uh, doing uh, rock, or um, he did uh, Rock the Rockies. That's what he was doing. Okay. Mm. Um, but he's out of Colorado. He's a former winner. Actually, is your team owner, yeah. Derek. Um, and he's looking to try to put something together. He on wants a to do, cart. He yeah. wants to do super sport or whatever because he doesn't want to bring all of his stuff out here, whatever. Right. I can't remember. What, I think he's got a comp cart, too. Actually. He does, yeah. yeah. Tony Saver, uh, Tony, maybe uh, Tony and you ought to hook up a little bit. There you go. He's a wheel man. He's got it going on. Yeah. There you go. Hey, last question before we let you go. You just said you're going to be back in the seat in a four stroke, going back yeah. to the roots. Yeah. Okay. It's a two parter. A, when was the last time you did something like that, four stroke? Uh, I Some raced. Secret testing going no, on? No, I raced <laughs> the four cycle super showdown in Phoenix. Okay. In either 19 or 20. Okay. Oh, cool. Or right. 21. No, not no, not 21. Maybe 20. No, definitely not 21. 19 <laughs> or 20. Okay. Race that race. And how'd that go? I think I finished second. Not bad. Not bad. No, I got second <clears throat> in the last heat race. Oh. So, then you forgot what after so, happened after that, right? 
No, I'm just so they do the whole seven heat race. Yeah, yeah. Average. I think it was fourth overall. Okay, okay. And the other part of that question: Are you going to get back in a shifter anytime soon? Uh, and as the as the as the team gets better and better and gets more established, right? Maybe back in the seat go racing yeah. masters. It's funny because I drove a shifter two days ago. Let's go! Come but, on. Uh, the big one for this year is I will be making my master's debut Oh, at SKU Super Nationals. Let's go. Oh, what? I love this. In X30. Oh, this is nice. awesome. Hell yeah. So, Rob. Not a shifter, but it is. Rob tried everything he could to get me the race KA, and I, <laughs> I just told him, no, man, I'm racing X30. Uh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you can't be out there with the beer bellies, man. You got to be out there. With the <laughs> beer bellies. You got to be, you gotta be with the. Why are you guys laser eyeing me? <laughs> yeah, <right now? laughs> You're the only guy to look at it here. <laughs> uh, Greg Welch, this has been so much damn fun. Yeah, uh, dude, for has. real. It's a if if anybody's looking to go under a tent and uh, and it's a it's a challenge of the Americas race or Vegas or whatever or hell you're in Colorado because he's not going anywhere else half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Call up Full Direction. They are a for sure freaking blast. They're a lot of fun. If you've been listening to this show, you you know that uh, this guy over here across the table, Greg Welch, is awesome. Uh, yeah, good times. Thanks so much, Thank man. You. Been been a Thank blast. Thanks so much. 